Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... It's exactly the same body of water. Then, how to account for the fact that some succeed in landing whales, while others can only come up with minnows? Let me say this. I'm an extremely practical person. I'm a scientist. I know that. I believe in the scientific method. Of course. I only accept what can be demonstrated. Please, doctor. You, you call me doctor. You respect my credentials. I do. That little girl is here, playing on the ground. That little girl died last week. Did she? Listen. <laughs> Our mystery drama, Childish Laughter, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Alexander Scorby and Laurie March. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly. With Act One. The best of men cannot suspend their fate. The good die early, the bad die late. So speaks the poet. The pure flame burns the brightest and is therefore most quickly consumed. So says the chemist. Thus, we have one of those happy, if infrequent, agreements between art and science. It is twilight. The narrow two-lane roadway twists the tortuous trail through some of the loveliest, if loneliest, country in the Northeast. The man driving the car is convinced by now that he is hopelessly lost. He casts an anxious glance at the gasoline gauge. The needle has been moving inexorably to the left. Already it is brushing the edge of the E. And now suddenly... opens his eyes. He takes a deep breath. The car has crashed into a tree. Muttering a silent, heartfelt prayer, he tries to start it. That's the... Wait. Wait. The child. The little girl. That, that little girl. That little girl. I didn't hit her. I, I know I didn't hit her. Could, could I have hit her without knowing it? No, that that's not possible. Where, where is she? Where, where'd she go? What's a child like that doing out here all by herself? Little girl. Little girl. I want to help you. Where are you? Little girl. Little girl.
Yes? May I use your telephone? I'm afraid not. Uh, look, I, I, I know it's wise to be careful of strangers who want to enter your home. I suppose I could be a thief. But I assure you, my plight is genuine. Look, I, I, I don't have to come in if that's what's bothering you. You could telephone for me. The nearest garage and, and the police. That would be impossible. I have no telephone. Oh. Oh, this seems to be the first house I've seen for miles. Would there be another nearby, up, up ahead? No. Well, how far is it to any sort of town? Quite a distance. Look, it's not just my car. I, I, I think there's a little lost child out there. A lost child? Yes, that's why I had the accident. She ran across the road, suddenly. She, she appeared from out of nowhere. You saw a child? I'm sure I saw a child. But there are no children anywhere in the vicinity. But still, I know As that... the sun goes down, it casts a fascinating play of light and shadow through the trees. And one sees many things that may not be there. Well, yes, but... Look, but afterward, I heard the little girl. You heard a little girl? Yes, her laughter. A little girl's laughter? Well, it sounded like a little girl laughing. Or it may have been the chirping of a bird. The wind well, in the trees. Sometimes an animal sound. I, I suppose you could be right. Were you thinking, perhaps, of a little girl as you were driving along? Now, why would I be thinking? No, no, not at all. The mind, it plays such games with us sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure it does. But I, I guess I'd better find a phone somewhere. The darkness has already come. Yes, I can see. I wonder, might I prevail on you to spend the night here? Well, yes, thank you. And at first light, Mr. Crenshaw will arrange for repairs to your car. Mr. Crenshaw? My general factotum. Look, I, I'm probably imposing, but I really would be quite up against it if it weren't for your very kind offer. And then it's settled. Won't you come in, Mr. Montrose? Hugh Montrose, Jr. How do you do, Mr. Montrose? I am Fyra Bordenave. Thank you, Miss Bordenave. Mrs. Bordenave. Oh. It's really beautiful country hereabouts, you know? Yes. Although <laughs> it is somewhat desolate. It's private. Of course. I'm sure you and Mr. Bordenave must enjoy the privacy. Mr. Bordenave is dead. Oh, I'm sorry. It's quite all right. Mr. Montrose, why does your face seem so familiar? Uh, you know, this is a most impressive place you have here. <laughs> Imagine a massive Victorian mansion in such a remote area. Ah, here is Crenshaw. Where is your car? Oh, perhaps a hundred yards or so down the road. Crenshaw, this is Mr. Montrose. Yes, ma'am. Show Mr. Montrose to the Aurora bedroom and then have his things brought from his automobile. The dinner is at 7.30. You should have ample time for a bath and a nap. This way, sir. <laughs> happening to me. This thing that I'd seen in 15 movies and read in a hundred books. The stranger who seeks shelter for the night. The mysterious brooding mansion. The beautiful lady. The menacing manservant. Why did she seem to have such a queer look when I mentioned the little girl? Now this movie thing, this book thing, this fiction thing, it was happening to me. Or was it? Come in. I have your things, Mr. Montrose. Oh, uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Crenshaw. I shall lay them out for you. Yes, thank you again. Uh, did you look at the car? I have arranged to have it towed to Morphy's garage in the morning, sir. That's good. 
Oh, uh, you don't have to unpack everything, Mr. Crenshaw. I'm only staying the night. You never know, sir. Listen. Sir? Did you hear that? Hear what? That. I'm afraid not, sir. But it was... It was just a plain... What was? It was a child. A child? Yes, a child laughing. Well, that's impossible. No, but I distinctly heard... There are no children here. There's a little child standing right outside the store. And I'll prove it. Where did she go? Where did who go? There was a child. I heard her laugh. Her? A little girl. It was... It was the same little girl. Sir? Just a little while ago, on the road. She suddenly darted across. I had to go off to the side or else hit her. I, well, you saw the car. Yes, I saw the car. And then I heard the little girl. She was laughing. You know, the, the way a child laughs. There are no children in the house. But, Mr. Crenshaw, I... Will you help me? If I can. Look, obviously I'm having a problem. Yes, sir. Look, I, I see... That is, I catch a glimpse of a little girl on the road. I hear her laugh. You follow this? Yes, sir. I cannot imagine what she would be doing out there all by herself. So I'm willing to believe that somehow it's, it's in my imagination. Yes, sir. No, no, no. no. Let, let's not just pass it off like that. Look, Mr. Crenshaw, our imagination is a bottomless pit filled with an infinity of ideas, uh, impressions, a witch's brew of phantoms and fantasy. Anyone may imagine anything at any time for any reason. You follow this? Yes, sir. So then, we may ask ourselves, how can we tell if what we see in here is real or imagined? Do you know how we can tell? I'm waiting for your explanation. But the answer is that we really cannot tell. It's a matter of majority rule. You understand? I believe so. I just heard a little girl laughing. You didn't. Is your hearing impaired in any way, Mr. Crenshaw? No, sir. Then which of us is right? The rest of the house shall decide. Will you find out for me if anyone else has heard the child? As you wish, sir. You're not eating, Mr. Montrose. I don't seem to be very hungry. Please, you must show the cook an empty place. She so rarely has a chance to prepare a meal for company. And tonight, I must say, she outdid herself. Try the fish. It's fresh from our own trout stream. This is Bordenay. You seem to be troubled. Frankly, yes. I seem to be faced with a loss of my sanity. Oh, come now. When one loses one's perception of reality... Oh, the business of the childish laughter. I find it quite serious. I'm sure you do. And very upsetting. I haven't heard anything... Nor has Crenshaw. Neither has Cook. Have you spoken with the other servants, Crenshaw? Yes, ma'am. And? Nothing, ma'am. Is there any reason why you should have seen or heard a little girl of three or four? Well, no. Do you have any children? No, I've always been a bachelor. Did you ever have anything to do with children? Why did you ask me that? I thought perhaps that children may have been on your mind. Why would children be on my mind? We all think about children now and then. Yes, perhaps that's one of the problems of our society. We're too child-centered. We seem to be obsessed with children. We make them the center of the universe. 
We've distorted our entire culture to accommodate the, the transient, destructive demands of childhood. Would you agree, Mrs. Bordenave? Well, I... Other civilizations managed to cope with children. And they did it by placing them in the proper perspective. I dare say. Well, oh, I, I'm sorry. You, you must excuse me. I, re- I really don't know why I said those things. Your accident has had a more disturbing effect than you think. A good... No. No. No, I'm not dreaming. I hear it. It's coming from just outside my bedroom window. There she is. Little girl, what are you doing down there? What are you doing down there in the middle of the night? Don't you belong to anyone? What are you doing all by yourself? Look, I see you. You're not a dream. You're a tiny, rose-cheeked little girl. You have long blonde hair. You're wearing a red pinafore. You have a doll in your arms. A doll dressed in a blue sailor suit. Wait for me. Wait, wait. I'm coming downstairs. Wait for me, little girl. Will she wait? Who is this elusive little girl? For that matter, who are all these people? Who is Mrs. Thyra Bordenay, Mr. Crenshaw, and who is Mr. Hugh Montrose? Getting back to our question, will she wait for the answer? You will have to wait until I return with Act Two shortly. Children, they say, should be seen and not heard. However, we do seem to have a situation here concerning a child that is often heard but rarely seen except at certain unexpected moments. A most disturbing and elusive little lady, to be sure. Now, don't go away, little girl. Don't go away. I'm coming downstairs. Mr. Crenshaw, Mrs. Bortnave, that little girl, she's here. She's downstairs. See for yourselves. Well, Mr. Montrose... I tell you, she was here less than a minute ago. Yes? Right here, right underneath my window. She even smiled up at me. But where is she? But she couldn't have gone far, Mrs. Bordenave. A little girl like that, out all by herself. How did she get here? What, what, what's she doing? Whom does she belong to? Mr. Crenshaw. I've been all over the ground, ma'am. Didn't you see anything? Nothing. And no one, sir. But, Mrs. Bordenave, I know what you're thinking. It's my imagination that I, I, I was dreaming, no? Well, Mr. Montrose... Well, let me say this. I'm an extremely practical person. I'm a scientist. Actually, I'm a chemist. I've been indoctrinated in the scientific method. Proof, facts, evidence. I saw that little girl. Mr. Montrose, you'll feel better in the morning. You don't believe me. I didn't say that. Oh, you're trying to humor me, aren't you? I'm not. Then help me find that child. Mr. Crenshaw has already searched the grounds. We should search them again. If you like. I only know that I saw that little girl. And she has to be around here somewhere. I looked everywhere. There wasn't a single sign of her. How could she simply disappear, huh? And she'd already done it twice. All right, I I could take the easy way out. I could say it all in the imagination. I could say I'm under a strain. But it's not true. I saw the child. Good morning, Mr. Montrose. Good morning, Mrs. Bordenay. You slept well, I trust. Yes. Please, help yourself to breakfast. Thank you. Mr. Monroe, 
Do you realize that this is the first time I've seen you in daylight? And you know, you still look familiar. I'm sure we hadn't met. Uh, I certainly would have remembered someone as gracious and charming as you. That's very kind of you, Mr. Montrose. Why does an attractive woman such as you shut herself away in this isolated spot, cut off completely from the world? When my husband died, I felt that the light had gone out of my life forever. You know, when the first primitive man saw his first sunset, <laughs> he too thought the light had left the world forever. But while we live, there's always hope for a sunrise. Yes, perhaps. Who knows? But I wonder why you should look so familiar. I haven't the faintest idea. Perhaps I should ask Mr. Crenshaw. Mr. Crenshaw? He has one of those retentive... I suppose you might even say photographic memories. Oh? You're not some movie star hiding out from a voracious public, are you? What makes you think I'm a movie star? You're handsome enough. Thank you. But I happen to be a chemist. Of course. So you said last night. Uh, Crenshaw, we must arrange to have Mr. Montrose's car taken care of. Yes, ma'am. And since we have no telephone, I suppose you'll have to drive to town to tell Mr. Morphy to send a tow truck. At once, ma'am. Oh, I wouldn't like to put you all to that trouble. It's no trouble. Uh, I could drive to town myself and not upset the routine of your household, Mrs. Bordenave. Very well, if you like. Crenshaw, give Mr. Montrose the keys to the blue car. Yes, ma'am. Crenshaw, why do you suppose Mr. Montrose should look so familiar? His picture was in the paper, ma'am. Oh, was it? Have we a celebrity here? What did it say? I don't know, ma'am. I didn't read the article. I merely glanced at the picture. Well, now, Mr. Montrose, why would your picture be in the paper? No, I'm sure it's a mistake. I Look, I, I'd better be getting on to town. Mr. Montrose, yes. I should like to accompany you. Oh? Yes, I don't get out very much. It would be an excursion. Do you mind? Mind? Besides, <laughs> it might be more effective if I were there. Effective? Yes. You see, Mr. Morphy is a highly independent sort. That's a local euphemism for fairly. <laughs> he might put you off. I, on the other hand, can exercise a certain amount of leverage. Once again, I must add to the long list of your kindnesses toward me, Mrs. Bortonave. What an attractive woman. I feel drawn to her. Just as I'm sure she's drawn to me. Why couldn't I have met her 20 years ago? Ten years ago. <laughs> what would have been the good? She would have been married to another man with whom she was deeply in love. Oh, but if we'd only known each other, she would have saved me. She wouldn't have allowed me to... No, 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 no. I must not rewrite history. I would have broken her heart. Maybe she can save me now. Maybe she can help me construct an edifice of sanity. And I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Life up here does have its compensations. Yes, I would agree now. Now? Yes. At one time, other things seemed so much more important. What other things? <laughs> I suppose you could place it all under a single heading. And what would that be? Getting on in the world. Was that an important thing to you? It was the only thing. And when did you decide it no longer mattered? Forgive me. It seems I'm crying. No, no, I... Mr. Montrose, you seem so troubled. 
Well, it's early in the day. I never was much of a morning person. Mr. Montrose, you? Yes? After Edward Bordenay died, I never thought I'd meet another man who, well, could have even been an interesting person. You must have loved him very much. Too much. That isn't good either. Listen to me. We hardly know each other, and here I'm ready to pour out the story of my life. Why am I doing this? Yes, I know, I know. And to make matters worse, you're a fugitive. What are you saying? You're running away. Look, Mrs. Bortonave. Syra. I was acquitted. Uh, oh, perhaps not from the law, but from yourself. None of it was my fault. There was no proof that I'd acted in a criminal or even in a, in a careless manner. It happens. It, it happens all the time. Why are you running away? I don't know. I don't know. Is that the garage? Joseph Morphy? Yes. Well, let's go in and see if he can fix my car. Yes. He can fix your car. But that's all. you, Joe? Oh, uh, I'm his brother, Jerry. Oh, it's you, Miss Bartonave. Uh, better you don't come in here. It's full of grease and paint. I'll talk to you in the office. They don't like anyone to come into the shop. After all, that's the scene in the time. <laughs> well, now, Miss Bartonave, what can I do for you? Is Joe here? Joe? Uh, well, no. You expect him soon? I have a job which requires his special attention. Well... He ain't going to be here today. Maybe not even tomorrow. He, he's in bad shape. He is? Miss Bordenave, the funeral was yesterday. The funeral? Whose funeral? Oh, I guess you didn't know. What didn't I know? About Betty Jane? Betty Jane? Yes, Miss Bordenave. She just died sudden. But she was only three years old. Three and a half, ma'am. But how? Why? What did Dr. Morris say? Well, it was from... I'm, I'm not sure it was from that, that thing they was feeding her. What was that? Well, the doc says... It was in the paper. You, you might have read about it. Some kind of preparation. Uh, supposed to make them healthier, but... Uh, well, it, it got something in it that certain kids just die from. Oh, this is awful. I understand the stuff's been taken off the market. Old Ben Manners at the drugstore, he's so mad he... He took all he had left and burned it. Oh, poor Joe. Yeah. A little girl's all he cared about in the whole world. Yes, I know. Smart as a whip she was, too. Yes. Well, what we came here for originally, it seems so important. Well, I guess you got some work you want us to do, eh? I don't know when we can get to it the way things are now. I don't know, maybe a week, okay? Yes, I, I suppose so. I tell you... I don't keep my hands on that guy that made that stuff. Maybe it wasn't his fault. Yeah? No, no, you have to understand. It was developed in the laboratory. So? Some research chemist was... Uh, well, he was trying to do good. Yeah? There, there's always a risk, you know. Yeah, well, tell that to Joe and Edna Morphy. I was reading in the paper, at least a hundred other kids are dead. If you were reading the paper, you also should have read where the government investigators found no evidence of criminal intent. The man was completely absolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't absolve him. I hope he burns forever in the hottest fires of hell. Look what he did to just one kid. One innocent little kid. 
Here. Let me show you this little kid. Here. Look at this picture. Look at it. Well, look, I'm only trying to, to explain. Look that, but... at her. She was only three years old. I took this picture on her birthday. See? Her long blonde hair, those big blue eyes. Her mother made her that little red pinafore. And Joe bought her the doll. The doll in a blue tailor suit. The little girl. That's the little girl. Here, g- give me that. Hey, what are you... This is the little girl I saw on the road. Just last night. What's he saying, Miss Borden? And later she was underneath the window. Who is this guy? You, you must calm yourself. Calm yourself. What's the matter with him? You're telling me I... I killed her. Is that what you're telling me? I ain't telling you anything. But it's true. It's true. I did. I did kill her. He did. He says so. And therefore, he must be that man who created, invented, however it came about, that certain medicine or preparation. What a remarkably complex society we have. We have all sorts of killers and all sorts of ways to kill people. And so much of it is done unintentionally, impersonally, unconsciously. I shall return shortly with Act Three. This is WBBM Chicago. The brand of Cain. How simple it was to assess to judge mankind's first murder. The smoldering anger, the burst of fury, the raised club, the crushed skull. But as we evolve and become infinitely complex human beings, even killing undergoes a metamorphosis. It is now possible to kill unconsciously, without passion, without even meaning or wanting to, and most often, without even knowing about it. Yes, Yes, I killed her. You, you can't say that. Who is this guy? What's he talking about? This little girl. I killed this little girl. What do we got here, Miss Bordenay? Now, Hugh, everything is going to be all right. No, nothing's going to be all right. Nothing can ever be all right again. Not for me. Miss Bordenay, maybe this fellow needs a doctor. A doctor? My good man, I am a doctor. Well, then, doc, don't you think? Look, I have a PhD in chemistry. Hugh, perhaps we'd better go. Go. Back home. Home. I was driven from my home. The devils drove me from my home. Come to my home. Everything will be all right. I'm sorry about the little girl. Please believe me. I'm sorry about little Betty Jane Morphy and and all the others. Yes, Hugh, yes. Now we must go home. Is this how it's going to be? Am I going to lose my mind? Shall I preside over the slow disintegration of my sanity? No, I have to fight. I'm only 42. I can still have a long, productive, useful life. Now that I've met her finally, I can be happy. We can be happy. All I need is a little rest. A little sleep. This is Baudelaire. Yes, Crenshaw. I have here a copy of the newspaper. Thank you. Chemist found blameless in infant death. Dr. Montrose, unaware that nutrition had been inadequately and improperly tested. I see you're reading my press notices. Oh. And now you know. Everyone agrees it wasn't your fault. Yes, but the children are dead. Yes. Nutrition was mine, my creation. It, 
was going to make every child healthy, strong, more resistant to infections, fevers. It was going to be a wonder, a miracle drug. Yes, that's what you wanted. That's what I thought I'd found. But it began a chain reaction, and it destroyed the ability, the, the natural ability of the body to... Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. And now they're dead. One hundred children that we know about. They're dead. Yes, we know that, and it's tragic. But do you want to die, too? I? Life goes on. You, you're like the captain of a plane that crashes with the loss of every life aboard but your own. You're a commanding officer of a company that has been wiped out. But these were children. Children. It makes it harder, but it must be done. What must be done? You must rebuild your life. I can't think of that now. You must think of that now, before it's too late. Before you become too deeply immersed in remorse and regret. I felt that way. I was driving the car when Edward Bordenave died. Please, I, I don't want to hear anything But you before. must listen. I had too much to drink. I insisted on driving. Need I tell you there was a crash? And he was killed instantly. But I escaped unhurt. I ran away from the world. That's why I'm here. But you can't run away. The world was meant to be lived in. It has too much to offer. That's... That's what I suddenly realized when you knocked on my door. Oh, it's too late. Why? You know what I did? Yes. You tried to do something worthwhile. You tried to make things better. And I made things worse. But that's how it goes in this world. Next time, you'll be successful. Next time? And I'll be successful, too. I'll have a real marriage. I won't be a spoiled, indulged little doll. You, we... We all get another chance. What? Do you really believe that? You do. You told me. What? Didn't you say, while we live... There's always hope for a sunrise. Yes, yes, but... but what? Was it just talk? We've only just met. That's right. But we met at exactly the right time, when each of us needs the other. And so maybe our meeting was no accident. What do you say? I don't know what I'm saying. Or maybe I do. Maybe these things are meant to be. Who knows? What brought you to my house at the exact moment in time when... When... I look into her eyes. The deep, dark eyes. And there's a light that shines in them. A soft light that fills me with warmth and hope. What did bring me to her house at this exact moment in time? Was it for this purpose? To be given fresh hope? Courage. I dared to think. I dared to believe it was so. Why not? Why shouldn't I be saved? Hugh, tell me about Nutrison. Nutrison? Tell me the truth about Nutrison. It's all in the newspapers. I don't care what's in the newspapers. I want the truth. Nutrison. I wanted to create a builder of tissue. What went wrong? I wanted to create a wholesome, beneficial thing for children to build stronger bodies, to increase resistance to disease. And what happened? I thought I had. Yes? But it got away from me. 
I don't understand. They came along. Who? You know, this big company. You read the paper. Yes. And they said, well, you know what they said. You read it. Yes. They said, you've got it. Man, have you got it. We'll take it from here. Now it requires the kind of research and development that we're equipped to do. And so you gave it to them. You gave them nutrition. Yes. Why? Because this is how it's done. You come up with the idea, you come up with the basic formula, the product in its primitive state, and then an outfit with the equipment, the facilities, the money, the manpower, comes and takes it over. And they took it. Well, how was I to know that they'd rush it to the market without... But without... you, you acted in good faith. Yes. Then what will drive away the devils? But no one believes me. Everyone believes you. The charges against you were dropped, weren't they? They believe me legally. Or they believe me technically. But they don't really believe me. I believe you. Sarah. See, all you need is one person to believe you. Eventually, everyone falls into line. Why didn't I meet you when I was younger? We have so much time to make up for. Let's not waste a single minute. I want to sell this house. And go where? New York. New York? Or Boston or Chicago or San Francisco. But, but... Where the work is, where the fun is. You'll open another laboratory. Do you know what you're saying? Of course. Who would ever trust me? I trust you. What company would ever want anything to do with me? It's going to be difficult. You don't know what you're talking about. Are you afraid? Afraid to fight back? It could take such a long time. But you haven't answered the question. Are you afraid to fight your way back? No. I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. Oh, darling. Darling. What was that? Sounded like a shot. A shot? Who would fire a shot? I'm sorry, Miss Bugness. Jerry, Jerry Morphy, what's the meaning of... Your fellow Crenshaw wouldn't let me come in. What, what did you do to Crenshaw? Nothing. I had to put a bullet through the window to convince him I meant business. How dare you force your way in here? I don't have no quarrel with Crenshaw. It's him standing there. He's the one I want. Do you realize Crenshaw is calling the sheriff? I know. I know something else, too. I know it has to take the sheriff at least 20 minutes to get out here. I don't need 20 minutes for what I have to do. What are you saying? Put that gun away. What am I saying? Ask him. He knows what I'm saying. Tell her what I'm saying, Dr. Montrose. You know who I am. You as good as told me back in the shop. Then I remember seeing your picture in the paper. He's going to kill me, Thyra. No! Can't you see it? Can't you see it in his eyes? Jerry, listen. Listen to I'm me. I'm sorry, Mrs. Bodnev. I gotta do it. Who are you to judge another human being? We're past that kind of argument. You'll spend the rest of your life in jail. That's all right. I have to do it. I have to do it for my brother. Jerry, don't you understand? It was a mistake. We all have to pay for our mistakes. He didn't mean it. He tried. Oh, good Lord, Jerry. He's a man of science, of truth. He only wanted to do good. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't? No, no, it wasn't. He had a vision of children who would never be sick. Children who would never suffer. That's why he created nutrition. Uh, let him tell me that, Miss Lorden. Tell me, doctor. Tell me you invented the, the thing for the reason she said. Tell me that. Tell him you. Well? The answer is yes. You did it for the kids. You didn't do it for the money. Tell him you did it for the children. Can you tell me that? Yes. Miss Borden, do you have a Bible? A Bible? 
in, in the drawer. All right, get it. Here, here. Give it to him. Now, oh, doctor, tell me you didn't do it to get rich. Hold on to that Bible and tell me. I did it because I wanted... I wanted... Listen. What is it? Oh, it's stolen. She's here. Who's here? Don't you recognize her laugh? Your niece. What are you trying to put over? Now, listen, listen. It's, it's Betty James. She's dead. No, oh, she's here. Betty James here. Now I know. Now I know what this place is. This is the place they all come to afterward. They come here to her, to Fyra Bordenhave, this dear, kind lady. Hugh, what are you saying? That's why I came here. Don't you understand? Now, now listen to me. Listen, children, children, listen to me, all of you. I came here to find you. Hugh, you must come. Now, don't you hear them all? There is no death. Oh, yes, yes, there are children, children. You must forgive me. I shouldn't have sold the Nutrison before it was ready. But they gave me money. Children, do you know how much money? Then why not? I was only doing it for the money. You. But it's the truth. I was tired of being poor. Oh, I was respected. I was distinguished. But I was poor. I just let the idea of the money make me careless. Don't say that. He'll kill you. Let him kill me. I hear her laughter. I'll hear it till the day I die. Go ahead, Jerry. Kill me. Tell me, what are you waiting for? I can't kill you. Why not? Because I hear her laughing, too. Jerry. I'm the one that killed her. I'm the one who said to Joe and Edna, poor kid's so scrawny. Aren't you give her some of that nutrition stuff they advertise? I'm the one... Talked him into it. I wanted Joe to kill me, too. But he won't. Please, Jerry. I won't kill you, neither. You and me. We're going to hear this little girl till the day we die. children have always waited for since the very beginning of time. They wait their turn. They wait for the day when they shall no longer be children. And how do they know when that day arrives? It comes when the lilt of childish laughter has left the voice forever. I'm leaving you, but only for a short while. We read the paper, we hear, we see the news. Every now and then, something goes wrong with our marvelous mechanized civilization. The plane falls. The machine fails. The building collapses. The beneficial chemical suddenly runs amok and destroys instead of heals. And so, murder. Unintentional, accidental, regrettable murder, but murder nevertheless, is built into our culture. Does every society require victims? The ancients believed so. That's why they performed sacrifices. Does the heart of the matter ever really change? Our cast included Alexander Scorby, Laurie March, and Court Benson. 
The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.